This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 227, entitled Interview with Aaron Sutter from Lansing Lawn Service, LLC. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Appreciate you guys all tuning in uh, each and every week, and of course, for those questions and comments and feedback, and those all-important iTunes reviews. Uh, On that note, uh, I think I spoke about uh, getting uh, my first ever one star review uh, after uh, you know four years of doing this uh, and in a sea of uh, quite positive reviews of getting uh, you know a one star review um, obviously I take that as uh, being somebody who's just uh, being a hater um, because uh, you know I don't even take that sort of thing seriously uh, when uh, you know it's a sea of uh, positive reviews not all five stars they can be three stars and four stars uh, and that sort of thing but um, you know when you leave a one star review uh, it's just one of those things that uh, it just there's no credibility to that it's the same um, type of thing if you if you have ever published YouTube videos it's those same type of people that uh, will uh, hit the thumbs down uh, before they've even had a chance to even watch the video. Like as soon as it goes gets published, um, you know, like one second in, you've already got a thumbs down when, uh, you know, they don't even know, uh, you know, what the content is uh, really about. Um, so I don't really take that seriously. But I talked about it last week. I mentioned it and, uh, you know, said uh, that, uh, you know, it was a one star review and the title was all fluff. And asked you guys if uh, I deserved a one-star review. And a couple of you guys have responded uh, with your own iTunes uh, reviews. Uh, so uh, the first one uh, gave me a five-star uh, review. And the uh, the person's uh, username uh, for the uh, iTunes reviews is uh, you can write to. And uh, it says uh, for the subject, uh, all fluff? I don't think so. Uh, and then it says this podcast has helped and encouraged me to start my business. I like hearing uh, the real uh, to life stories Julio has. He comes with a lot of great info as well. I could go on and on, but I'll finish with this. Thank you. So uh, thank you too to uh, You Can Write too for uh, uh, responding to that uh, one star review and uh, leaving me uh, your own thoughts and review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. Uh, the next one came in uh, from somebody uh, called Landscaper1404, and uh, they gave me a five-star review, and it says, uh, for the title, a great podcast, and uh, for the uh, body, it says, amazing, informational, and entertaining podcast. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, uh, this podcast will help you thrive in the industry. Uh, from information on the latest equipment interviews with industry leaders, techniques, and tips to be more 
more efficient in the field and in the office, and even how solo operators can get away for a Disney vacation. Uh, This podcast provides listeners with an abundance of knowledge. Give it a listen. You won't regret it. Kent, uh, the owner of Muskoka Property Care, and then it says, uh, seven years running a lawn care and landscaping business. So uh, thank you very uh, much to uh, Kent uh, for uh, leaving me uh, that review. I really do uh, appreciate your feedback uh, on the uh, podcast uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, reviews uh, like these two that I received this week that really encourage me uh, to continue on doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, uh, with the the other review there, uh, that one-star review, I don't really pay attention to those. And I don't think too many people do uh, pay attention to those uh, because you can see blatantly that it's just uh, basically a hater with nothing better to do uh, in life than to, uh, uh, you know, go around and uh, hating on uh, what other people are trying to do uh, positively in the community. So uh, thank you very much to those who leave uh, those iTunes reviews. I really do appreciate it. Uh, and uh, with that being said, I think it's time for this week's Jobber Minute. So uh, take it away, Marie. Julio, thank you for having me back on the podcast. Um, so today I really wanted to chat on the topic of working late because you want to versus because you have to. And that's one of the questions we really love to ask a lot of our customers. Are you at a place in your business where you're working late because you want to or because you have to? And the majority of responses are becomingly increasingly, yes, because I want to, which means they are streamlining a lot of the, the management side of things. And as entrepreneurs, it's, it's pretty easy for business owners to get bombarded with various aspects of the business. Um, and all the other stuff of daily life, family, extracurricular activities, overall well-being. Some of our customers, you know, they like to, to work late into the night when their kids are asleep, while others simply just prefer doing, doing that management side of things at night. But the good news is, regardless of when people choose to work on the management side of the business, Jobber is making that easier and faster. You know, with our software being able to handle everything from quoting and scheduling, job tracking, Invoicing is such a big one that we hear all the time and saves people many, many, many hours uh, a week, which is amazing to hear, which allows them to focus on things that they love, whether that is the marketing side of the business, the social media, um, growing and scaling their business, whatever it is that they love to do, or simply just spending more time with family or spending time um, on themselves and really recharging So as always, we recommend um, book a meeting with us. We'd love to learn more about your business and and figure out together whether Jobber is going to be a fit for you. Okay, so there you go, Lawn Care Nation. If you want to find out more about Jobber and see what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. Start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at lawncarebusinesssuccess. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. 
Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, I'd like to welcome Aaron Sutter from Lansing Lawn Service to the show. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? Doing great. (laughs) How are things up there? Uh, It's in Michigan, right? Yes. Yeah, we're in Michigan. Uh, I'm just outside of Lansing. Uh, That's the state capital. And uh, it's been in the 20s the last week. So (laughs) doing fall cleanups in the 20s is no fun. No but fun. We've also we've also been getting uh, snow on and off, so okay, yeah, it's made things pretty wet. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah. let's just get uh, straight into it. Um, so maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your business. All right. Well, uh, I am Aaron Sutter. I always like to start that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I am a, a solo operator right now. Okay. Uh, I am looking this winter to put some systems in place to be able to bring somebody on and uh, grow a little bit. I'm about at the max of what I can take on right now. Uh, I've got 50 clients. And so uh, it's quite a bit of work for me. Uh, Lansing is very spread out. And so there's quite a bit of drive time uh, between certain clients. So uh, being able to bring on that employee is going to be able to, to help me out a little bit. And uh, I started in 2014, okay. and I started with just what I had in my garage, which was a push mower, a curved shaft trimmer, and a uh, blower that I got from a store that we have up here. Well, I guess for you, it's down here, but yep. uh, in a store called Menards. Okay. And it it was a piece of junk, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's how I got started. Yeah, nice. Very, very cool. Um, so is at this point, uh, lawn care, um, is your lawn care business your main income or is it just a side hustle? Yeah, my uh, lawn care business is my main form of income. Uh, I started it when I was working uh, full-time, but uh, it's grown into something that I can do full-time. Okay, awesome. So um, what first attracted you uh, to the lawn care industry and uh, made you want to start your own business? Uh, Well, as many guys do, I started when I was uh, 10 years old or so. Uh, I made up these, I had my dad make up these little flyers and it was Sutter's lawn mowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I hung these around town and we had the little phone number tabs on, oh, yeah, on yeah. the uh, flyers that you pull off, you know, they didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, And so uh, I did that and I only got, one phone call mm-hmm. and uh, it was from this guy in a neighboring town to us. And I was, 
I was so nervous because I, I hated talking to people on the phone. It was awful. And so he called me and my mother answered the phone and she called me over and said, there's somebody on the phone for you. And I was like, oh, great. You know, <laughs> I hate talking on the phone. So I got on the phone and oh, it was so bad. I said, Hello, uh, Halai, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he start the guy started talking and uh, he was an older gentleman and needed his lawn cut so I was able to do that at that time. Uh, we did have a push mower and a and a weed eater, but I didn't have a blower so we used a broom uh, to broom off all the sidewalks and yeah. and things like that but uh that's when i started then from there i grew i grew uh a little bit my brother and i took on a church cemetery uh, okay. they provided the the walk behind mower and all the equipment and we just showed up and and did it so kind of got me into the lawn care a little bit um, more yeah. that way, the the commercial side of it and seeing what it was all about. And then uh, did that for a few years and took a break and, and went into construction. I was still in high school at the time. And, oh. uh, and then uh, I worked construction for 10 years, then went into retail and learned a bit more about business there. Okay. Worked my way up from uh you know, the bottom minimum wage to management. Mm -hmm. So I was there for 10 years as well and learned a lot about business and how to communicate with people and, and talk to clients. And then from there I went into um, the healthcare industry. Okay. So I've worked in all different kinds of things. Uh, I was a phlebotomist in a hospital a phlebotomist. And, uh, I've never even heard of that. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's the person that draws blood. So oh, okay. I I had the, and still do have the ability to work in a lab or in a hospital or doctor's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of my, my backup plan. If, if lawn care ever decides to go south on me, mm-hmm. uh, I can always jump right back into that without a problem. Into phlebotomy. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> my dad, my dad, uh, when I told him that I was a phlebotomist, he, he, we talked for a little bit and then he said, what are you again? A, a, a lobotomist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Phlebotomy is, is just the person that draws your blood. Okay. So, um, so yeah, a legal, that, uh, a certified vampire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yep. That's and that's, uh I can't I can't tell you how many times I've heard that by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh and interestingly enough, when I went into it, I was super scared of needles. Like I oh, hated yeah. getting shots. I, yeah, yeah. I I despised needles. And now it's just like whatever, go ahead. Cause yeah, yeah. when you're a student learning this stuff, the students you know, they, yep. they poke each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so let me tell you the first, the first blood draw in, in class was super scary. Yeah. yeah none yeah. of us had any experience. Yeah. 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 I'm sure <laughs> that would be, it was good. Yeah. So, um, from there I, uh, I work, I was working about 38 hours a week in the hospital and I decided that 
I had too much time on my hands. And so I started my lawn care business from that just part time. Uh, actually, my wife and I wanted to buy a, a, uh, like a pop-up camper. Okay. And yep. our incomes together at that time didn't, weren't going to cut it. So mm-hmm. I decided to start lawn care. You know, I figured I did it as a kid. I could do it again. And so I started advertising on Craigslist and uh, it got about 12 clients from that. Nice. And and that was the first year and I made enough money to buy a used pop-up camper that year, which was really cool. Yeah. And so I decided to continue it for the next year and I took on about 12 more clients while still working full-time at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm now at this time about 24, 25 clients and uh, it was a lot of work. I was working about 80 hours a week and um, so that following year, we decided that uh, I was, I was, I knew enough of what I was doing with advertising and things like that, that I could take on uh, lawn care full time. And okay. so I jumped in, left the hospital, and I uh, haven't looked back since. Awesome. Very, very cool. So you mentioned uh, there at the beginning, uh, talking about uh, your business that uh, you've uh, been a single owner operator, but you're, um, you know, planning on putting systems in place to uh, expand on that. Um, So uh, where or talk about maybe uh, those growing pains of when you started first seeing that, uh, like, what was your uh, thought process in that? Uh, Was it... um, uh, just the amount of work that you want to do or are able to do uh, versus, um, you know, having help? Um, or is it other factors uh, that um, like some guys will start doing it because, um, you know, they start to get older and can't keep up and want to, you know, sort of uh, keep that pace going and stuff? Um, it's it's kind of uh, twofold for me. Uh, I am getting older. I'm not old. I'm yeah. only 38. Yeah. But uh but definitely, you know, you get body aches and things like that. Mm-hmm. And every time, like, my back starts hurting, you know, I at least once a year, I get, it's usually in the spring uh, when I first get going again. Yeah. Uh, usually the back is just screaming at you for about a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I'm, I think, you know, I really should probably hire somebody because if something happens to me, you know, the the business will fall apart because I'm yeah. the only one yes. doing anything here. So um, there's that aspect. And uh, th- that's not a huge issue for me right now, but I, I do think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other aspect is that I'm about at the limit of what I can do for, for taking on more work. And I would really love to grow the business uh, into something that can support me without me having to do all the work. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, over the next several years, I'd love to uh, put together like a two man crew uh, that can actually go out and do the work and I would oversee them and do sales and things like that yeah. uh, to grow the business, to uh, not only support me, but uh, also help support 
others, you know, because mm. um, it's not just, I don't want this business just to, I mean, I do want it to support me, but I'd love to, to also employ others and, uh, and give them the opportunity to work hard and, and get that satisfaction that I get out of, out of uh, doing the work. So mm-hmm. that that's where I'm at with it right now. It, it may never happen. I always, I said this last year too, you know, I need to bring somebody on and then I end up not doing it mm-hmm. uh, there. For me, there's a lot of fear there that, yeah. you know, cause you see, you see people talking about, their horror stories with yes. employees and yeah. and so there there's the fear factor there but uh, over over the summer I've really been reading and and listening to audiobooks on how to build a strong business and with employees and the the overlying theme is that if you train them properly uh, you won't have as many issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you're always going to have issues uh, yes. with people who aren't you that are, you know, operating your business on some certain level. So uh, I get that an employee isn't going to care about my business as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there for a paycheck ultimately. So, but if I can get them to see my vision for where I want the business to go and my vision for helping them as an employee to grow, then I think uh, ultimately it would be a worthwhile try at least to bring on some employees and see if I can't grow this business beyond what I've grown it to so far. Yeah. Um, I think an important thing too is um, in that process, if you decide to go that way is uh, vetting clients or sorry, vetting Mm -hmm. your employees as well, right? Before you hire them is making sure you're selecting uh, the right people um, and, you know, uh, just their character and stuff like that. uh, So that you're starting on a a good footing from the beginning. Um, Yes. And um, also, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things where if it's something that you're thinking about, uh, you don't want to have any regrets in the future and thinking about, you know, what if I had hired, you know, uh, people right. to do it? Where could I have been now and stuff like that and getting out of that comfort zone? Um, you know, I totally resonate with that. It's exactly the same every year. I think the same thing that I should bring on employees. Mm-hmm. I do love being self-employed uh, by myself. Um I love the freedom of not having to, you know, stop for lunches because of an employee for 30 minutes or having to take coffee breaks or things like that where I can, you know, hustle all day long and get off early if I want to uh, go Mm -hmm. pick up the kids or whatever it is that I need to do. Um, So that's uh, one of those things where it's like I feel there's a bit of a trade-off. But ultimately, I guess if you get over that hump, it's a few years of uh, maybe some short-term discomfort in that. Uh, point, but once those employees are are trained and trustworthy enough, then you actually have more freedom because you can step away and yep. and have them. So it's kind of that sort of uh, you know short term uncomfortable period, right, uh, of getting them trained yes. maybe for the first few years and stuff, and then uh, and then it becomes a uh, you know a lot easier after that. Yep. Um, so my next question is one of my absolute favorites, uh, and uh, it's uh, how would you uh, define success? Success to me is, and it always has been, uh, 
since I started the business was to have freedom to be home with my family in the evening, uh, working retail and in the medical field. It's a lot of, of evenings or nights and weekends. Mm -hmm. And I was never able to be home, uh, on the weekends in the healthcare field. Uh, it was always just, I mean, you go, the hours are so weird. Um, and it's even if you're there, like once we had a snowstorm and I, it was my last work day of the week and we had a snowstorm come through and it was pretty bad. And they do something called mandating where if, if enough employees call in or whatever, and you're there, you get mandated for the next shift. And so, uh, I worked a, a, uh, 16 hour shift that day Mm. and it was just, I I hated it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and that's, I I was also part of a union and so it, it, I hated the union too, but, um, but so it's always success has never been about money for me. In fact, I told my wife when we, before we got married, uh, even before we started dating, I said, I'm probably destined not to make a whole lot of money. (laughs) And, Mm. uh, and so, cause my dad's a a pastor, he doesn't make a lot of money cause he's a pastor. And at that time I was actually looking at going into the ministry and typically in the ministry, you don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what I told her at the time. And so free, uh, success for me has never been about money. It's been about being able to do the things I want to do uh, with the people that I want to do them with. And mm-hmm. so that's that's my family. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Perfect example of why I love that question. Everybody has a different answer and there's no, uh, you know, right or wrong. It's whatever uh, is, you know, that person's perspective. Uh, but that's uh, yeah, awesome. A funny um, thing that you mentioned, uh, uh, unions. Um, I'm sort of that same way. I grew up uh, with my dad uh, working uh, as a, a laborer in construction. And he was always, you know, union, working for union and stuff like that. And so I grew up in that, yes, you know, unions are great. Um, then, you know, I got into a job um, that was unionized myself. And for the type of work we were doing, it was a, a vehicle emission testing station. So basically, mm-hmm. cars had to get emissions tested to be able to put insurance on them each year. Um, so for having a job where I had no training, where basically it was like, get in this car, um, you know, drive it on this uh, dynamometer and follow the little screen on the computer. And, you know, the computer will spit out whether that car passed or failed the missions testing. So, you know, no college or anything necessary. We were making a pretty good wage and it was because of the union because if it wasn't for the union there's no way we would have gotten paid what we were getting paid to sit in the car with no training but at the same time for somebody like me who's kind of a go-getter and you know would want to work up the corporate ladder there was so much stuff in my way because of the union because this person who you know was super lazy but they had more seniority and stuff like that and it was just like it drove me crazy yeah <laughs> That, that I always, aspect. I always describe the union as um, 
basically you put your nose in the butt of the guy in front of you and just follow the follow the yeah. trail, you know, yeah, yeah. because you can't move up unless somebody leaves or gets promoted. Yeah. 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 It's crazy so right it, now. It I was, was soul crushing. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's kind of funny. There's, um, uh, there was a strike here recently, uh, just last week with the transit bus drivers and, uh, mm-hmm. both my best friend here is a bus driver and my brother is a bus driver, okay. but it's, I, it's so infuriating to me as a business owner <laughs> to hear these guys like on the news and they want, you know, more money and, you know, they want to make, uh, it was like up to like, uh, $89,000 a year now to be a bus driver with five weeks of vacation after your first year. And I'm like, are you kidding me? With no training, no university required, no, uh, you know, even your license to be a bus driver, the company, once you're hired, pays for all of your, uh, you know, driver's tests and training and all that stuff to get all your air brake certifications and all that stuff. And I'm like, to sit in a bus and drive? Like, are you guys out to lunch? (laughs) I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, we go through the we went. Yeah, we went through the same thing here in Michigan uh, with GM. GM workers went on strike for uh, I think it was four weeks this summer, and uh, so yeah, it was it was the strike was actually to the point where it was going to start really affecting the economy because they hadn't worked in so long. So, but yeah, it's it's same thing here. You know, they don't get any training they don't have to have a degree or anything you know and they get you know 50 60 thousand a year and uh it's 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 crazy yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah um so what is uh, your favorite tool and why and i asked this question um just to sort of gauge the types of properties you're doing for me. Most of my stuff is, uh, you know, probably uh, over 50%, 60% is all 21 inch mower, small city uh, lots uh, with my biggest mower being a 36. So what uh, type of equipment do you use there? Uh, the type of equipment that I use, I actually have three different uh, size mowers. I have okay. my Toro Multiforce. Uh, which is a 52-inch deck. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have a residential Hustler Raptor SD, and that's a 42-inch deck. Okay. And that's my backyard mower that gets through most of my backyard gates. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I have a Toro Time Master, which is 30 inches. Okay. Uh, and then for stick equipment, I run all Echo, and the only reason that I run all Echo is because uh, I was buying junk equipment uh, when I first started out, and uh, the weed eater that I was using, uh, it was actually a four cycle, and Mm -hmm. I ran it out of oil because there was no good way to check the oil, Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was super, super mad about that. So I went into Home Depot just to pick up another cheap weed eater. And I picked up uh, an Echo SRM two twenty five, yeah. And that thing just kicked butt and took names for three years for me. <laughs> and uh, so that that's still to this day that's my favorite Echo uh, trimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would say my favorite piece of equipment though would probably be 
my Toro Multiforce. Yeah. Um, simply because it's been rock solid. I haven't had any issues with it. Okay. Um, uh, and it's, it's comfortable to ride. I've, I bought a Gravely Pro Stance this spring mm-hmm. and uh, hoping to retire the Toro Multiforce because it's getting, it's got, uh, it's got over a thousand hours on it now. It's well out of warranty, but um, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have bought the, the Gravely. Uh, in fact, I still have it in my garage. I put 40 hours on it this spring and the cut quality isn't there. And mm. so, uh, it's sat in my garage. I've tried to sell it. Nobody wants it. So, mm. uh, it's been, it's been tough looking at that thing every day, but, mm. uh, hopefully this spring we'll, we'll find a buyer for it. Even if I have to drive it down South or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think the the favorite piece of equipment right now is the Toro Multiforce. It's just been it's been a workhorse. Okay, awesome. Is that the ones that um, you can put like attachments or change up what it does? Yes, you can do attachments. Uh, apparently, they are working on a snowblower attachment. Oh, uh, they they already currently have a snowplow and mm-hmm. a rotary brush. I don't have any of the attachments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are extremely expensive, mm-hmm. but um, my dealer actually brought this unit in for a demo that they were doing uh, for like their dealer days type thing. And uh, so they put a few hours on it and then they had it and it sat for, for a while. Nobody wanted it. And so I came in, they had the thing discounted heavily. Mm. And so I got, I got the multi-force for the same price as you could get a regular grandstand. Okay. And so I decided, Hey, that's a pretty good price. We'll, we'll do that. Cause normally they're, they're 12 grand or so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a regular grandstand is like nine. So mm. it, I got it, got a really good deal on yeah. it. So yeah, that's a really good deal. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them being used with like uh, snow plows on them and stuff. Yep. They seem to to do uh, pretty well uh, with that. Um, and you're saying it has a thousand hours for me. I don't think that's a, I wouldn't consider that a lot. I would still consider that a baby. Like, like it's like I've bought and used <laughs> mowers uh, with, uh, you know, more hours than that. And they've run fine for years sure. and years. Well, see that that's the thing. My, my inexperience with buying equipment because I've, I've been in this industry for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until I purchased the uh, multi-force, uh, I had only bought uh, residential zero turns. And so okay. my inexperience with buying any other equipment had kind of kicked in there. And um, so I know better now, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. at the time, this spring even, I was, you know, I, I really wanted, you know, to try something different, see if okay. something else might be just as good or better. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the, the Gravely just isn't. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. uh, hopefully someday I will be able to sell it and, uh, I mean, the Gravely. And yeah. then uh, maybe I will even be able to get some attachments for the, the multi-force. Yeah, so. nice. 
Um, so do you uh, offer any services that are non, uh, not lawn care or landscaping related, like maybe power washing or window cleaning, for example? No, I don't do anything that is not lawn care related. Uh, okay. Well, I take that back. I do gutter cleaning. Okay. So I do offer that. Um, I don't get a lot of takers on that, uh, but uh, I do offer that. And uh, some of my clients do do uh, take advantage of that, especially some of the older clients who can't yeah. get up and do it themselves anymore. So, What's your uh, preferred method for gutter cleaning? Is it um, you just you know, old school on a ladder by hand, or do you get up on the roof and blow them out or uh, pressure washing with a big wand? Uh, my preferred method is the old ladder with the bucket and clean okay. them out by hand. Okay. Um, because I feel like I can get a lot of the uh, shingle asphalt out of there better by hand than I can with a blower. Okay. I also feel like the blower kind of makes a little bit more of a mess. Yes. So, down below. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tend to, to do it by hand. I have done it with a blower before, but I prefer to do it by hand. It just, okay. it makes it cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, a bit uh, cleaner that way. I've seen guys doing uh, with vacuums as well, uh, but it's very cumbersome to either have a vacuum up mm -hmm. there with you or to have a huge hose and you're trying to navigate it over the gutter edge and stuff like that. Yep. Can, and sometimes it doesn't quite fit in the gutter. And Right. Yeah. And then and then my thing is how do you know as you're going that you're actually getting it clean? Yeah. Um cuz I know here in in Lansing we have just so many trees. It's unreal. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, a lot of times people won't clean their gutters for 3 or 4 years and they'll have little trees growing out of them and uh there's no way you're going to suck that out with a vacuum. So mm -hmm. um I mean I've had you know, just hundreds of pounds of stuff in gutters before. So uh, it really, I, in my opinion, I don't think the vacuums are good unless the gutters have been cleaned in the year before or years past and they're relatively clean and you just have fresh leaves in there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, vacuums could be a, an okay way to go, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess there's lots of uh, lots of uh, different. That's why I asked you what your preferred method was uh, of doing it. Um, so, uh, what type of work uh, do you prefer, commercial or residential, and why? I definitely prefer residential. Um, here in Lansing, we have a lower to middle class demographic, and um, especially in Lansing itself. Some of the suburbs and things aren't as bad, but in Lansing, there's just trash everywhere. And okay. um, residential, tra there's hardly any trash, but on commercial properties, you spend more time picking up trash than you do actually cutting the property. Okay. And so I have had uh, about four or five commercials in the past. Now I'm down to three. Okay. And uh, they're in areas that are pretty clean. So, uh, but by far, I prefer residential. I find that um, the client communication is much better. I also find that um, the expectations are 
the same or a little bit better with residential and um gosh now i lost my train of thought um and i feel like um there's they're more appreciative for sure of the work that you do so um that that that's my reasons for liking residential more than the commercial and also um most commercial they 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 try to reassess every year and try to get the lowest price um whereas residential if you do a good job and um your your communication is good normally they keep you on for mm-hmm. as long as you want to be there so yes yeah yeah it's um uh, it's funny how it's completely different in that respect whereas yep. you'll do commercial my experience has always been doing commercial no matter how well or good of a job i would do it would still go up to bid if i wanted to raise the price i would lose the job um you know and things like that whereas you know the uh, residentials um i had a customer this year uh, i picked them up for the first time um, this year and I was doing their lawn and towards the end of October there doing the last cuts um, the owner came up to me and said um, you know we're really hoping that you'll you know consider taking us on for next year as well and stuff like that I'm like really <laughs> thinking in yeah. my head like really like of course I'm gonna take you on right uh, sort yeah. of thing but they're they're like you know like begging you almost to continue yeah. service and stuff right so it's totally yeah. funny how it's uh, completely uh, different uh, in oh, that respect oh, with those two. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's so hard for, for uh, residential clients to find a good, like a good contractor or a, a long guy, someone that's reliable yeah. um, to do their work. I mean, I, I hear it all the time how I pick up a new client and they say, you know, our last guy just didn't show up or, you know, he comes on a different day every week. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, I find that if you can be just uh, keep your schedule and, and you can be reliable and and offer reliable service, you're going to have your clients for years and years to come mm-hmm. unless you do something really bad to screw it up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably uh, uh, part of my own success in lawn care is that I'm so OCD about that and the schedule mm-hmm. that like ra- yep. like here, of course, Pacific Northwest with the rain, rain or shine, it doesn't matter. Like if, if it's your day, yep. I am there. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm, I'm not missing a day, uh, right? So it's like I'm there every week regardless of what's uh, going on. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's part of uh, what really helps yep. because they know. I, ha- I have a story to go along with what I said. I have a story to go along with what I said there. Yeah, Um, go ahead. uh, One of my favorite clients, um, (laughs) they, uh, the, the man of the house is older and he can't really get around much anymore, but he loves the Detroit Tigers. Okay. And so I was out, uh, they have some hedges and I was trimming their hedges and they have a, their, uh, TV cable, uh, it's overhead and it goes right over, Uh, one of their hedges and so I was out trimming the hedges and the Tigers were supposed to come on in about five minutes and and he's a rabid Tigers fan and uh, so I was using you know a a long echo extension pole to trim these hedges and the the lady of the house came out 
And so it kind of startled me and I turned around and picked up the, the hedge trimmer and it went up and it clipped the cable line. Oh no. And I, I was, Oh my gosh. I was so, I was so apologetic. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry. And she's like, Oh, he's not going to like this. <laughs> Cause he doesn't, he, he can't get out anymore. And so to tie the tigers are his life. And, uh, so I was I was super apologetic, and of course I said, you know, I'll pay for whatever whatever it costs to fix it. And uh, so she, he was, I guess, uh, one of his kids came over and got him, and was able to get him over to their house so he could watch the Tigers game. <laughs> and uh, the next week I went back, and uh, she came out and and talked to me and said, you know, it was probably a good thing that you cut that line because. It, the the cable guy said that it was so brittle that a squirrel crawl, walking across it probably could have broken it. <laughs> and she said, uh, so don't worry about paying for it. Uh, we'll take care of it. You do such a good job that uh, we just hope that you, that, you, uh, that you come back next year and do our lawn again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that I, I say all that just to say, if you're good to your clients and you do a good job and you're, you're on time and you, you stick to the schedule, you can do almost, I say almost anything and you can almost get away with it. So yeah, yeah. that's funny. Just don't, don't mess with the tigers. Just don't mess with (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, So this next question uh, is another one uh, that I uh, really like asking, and it's one that uh, probably the only question that really gives people pause for thought um, in answering, and that is uh, share with us a time that you struggled in your business and uh, what you learned or you did to overcome it. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind uh, was I was – it was my first – I think it was my first or second year full time. Uh, and uh, it was Labor Day weekend. And my family and I, we like to uh, to camp. Uh, yeah. We have a travel trailer now. And so we were over, we were about 40 minutes away. And uh, I, at the time, I had a manual transmission truck. Okay. So we were over didn't have very good cell service at all. We were at a state park. And uh, so it was Monday and, or, well, we tried to go somewhere on Sunday while we were there at the campground. And I found out that the clutch on my truck went out. And um, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I almost had a complete nervous breakdown Mm. over this clutch. Um, For whatever reason, I, it was, I've never had anything happen like that before. And uh, it it was, it was very good that my wife was there because she was the the calming force among us. But uh, because it was the holiday weekend, I couldn't, get the truck in anywhere to fix to get it fixed i was able to get a tow company to come out to the the state park mm-hmm. and tow it somewhere uh, they towed it to a uh, a dealership that wasn't 
it was about 20 minutes away. Okay. Uh, but that left us stranded at the campground and without very good cell service at all, uh, no data at all. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't like email clients or anything. And uh, so it was a very, very stressful time for me. Uh, just it, thinking the worst that, you know, because I couldn't keep my schedule, yeah. that clients were going to, you know, start dropping me. Mm-hmm. And I, and it took, we ended up being at that campground for five days when we were supposed to only be there for three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't, we weren't able to leave the campground until that Wednesday um, because we didn't get the truck back. And um, so, I was so concerned and it, it was a, it was a hard time, yeah. but we got back home and it had been so dry that fall. And so really my, my anxiety and fear was completely unfounded because I got back home. I started out with my Monday list. By the end of the day, I was all the way to my Wednesday mowing list mm. because I had to skip so many lawns cause they were just dried out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so from, from that experience, um, I started having like, I started having seasonal depression Okay, and that affected my attitude, uh, that winter. So that, that was like the most trying time in my business. Mm. Um, just, just from the aspect of, uh, irrational fears, I guess, of losing customers and things like that. Um, So that, that's really the, the biggest thing that I can think of. And it's, it's hard to put it into words. It's hard to, to explain it to, to people without, you know, having them see it and experience it with you. But um, that was a very tough time. But um, since then I've come out of that, um, and I actually found out through uh, some some blood work mm-hmm. that uh, my I had a, a a very low vitamin D, oh, okay. and so that has helped tremendously. And uh, so now we're we've come back through that. I've learned to uh, to just take things in stride when when things are out of your control, you can't handle yeah. it. You know, you can't change it, yes. and. Um, so my customers know that I communicate quite often with them. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I'm not there on my scheduled day and I haven't communicated with them, well, something must have happened and that, and I've built enough rapport that they know that they can trust me, that I am going to take care of them no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that was the most trying time in my business. Okay. And uh, there's been little things here and there, but they weren't anything like that. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I totally uh, can relate to you as far as, uh, you know, that schedule and, and things. And although I didn't, um, you know, uh, anytime my truck is uh, giving me issues as it gets older and stuff, uh, that's always the first thought in your mind is the schedule, the yep. schedule, the schedule. Yep. Uh, but it always works out. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, even uh, more recently in um, times like, um, you know, planning to go to GIE. And mm-hmm. for me, that's like, 
hey, this is like, we're st- I'm still working. Like this is, that's, yep. and to come from the West Coast, that's like five days that I'm gone, basically right. a week of income gone, right? So that was a mm-hmm. big hurdle for me to overcome. Um, and then on top of it, um, having uh, Echo put out an invitation to come to their yeah. 20 for 2020 event uh, like two weeks earlier. And I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> right? This is like, <laughs> you have to miss like, you know, two times now in the same month. Like, you know, I'm going to yeah. lose all my clients and I start, you know, freaking out and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, in the end, like say, it, it just always works out. It's not a, a big deal. Um, you know, with the Echo one, when I, you know, really sat and thought about it, it was like, well, for me personally, I only mow Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. So I leave Mondays and Fridays for extra work. So I was like, well, they want me there on Thursday, Friday. Well, that's not a big deal. Like I can just mow Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week instead of the, the other, right? So that was fine. And then with GIE, it was just like, well, what if I just talk to the customers and email them and sort of, you know, feel it out. And they're like, Oh, it's fine. Like, go ahead. Take it. You're always, you never take a break. You're always here. You're always, it's like, no, but I'm like, but all the leaves, and I'm the one making excuses for them going, but all the yeah. leaves and stuff are like, they're like, it doesn't bother us. You're the one that's cleaning them. So like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you come back and it's more leaves then Hey, that's more leaves. Right. Uh, but you know, as far as the look and stuff, it, it's fine. Like go, you know, don't worry about it. And, um, yeah. You know, it's the same with family vacations in the summer. My wife will be like, you know, we want to get away. The kids are you know off school and it's the same thing. I'm like, I can't go away. I'm like always, you know, first thing going, I can't go away. I got like all this clients and things to go. And, you know, but when you really think about it, it's like you were saying it was, it's summertime. Half of them are all completely dry out. I don't need to be there. And, you know, yeah. most of my customers, I'm skipping anyways and stuff. And when I think about, going on the trip and coming back, it's like, wow, like the, I wouldn't have traded that time with my family for anything. That was so awesome. Uh, The memories that were made and stuff like that, uh, that it was like so much, you know, worth more than the, the income potential income I lost in, you know, the handful of clients that, uh, you know, I may have had to uh, skip for that week versus uh, the ones that were going to be skipped anyways, because the lawns were dry. So I think a lot of time you just overthink and you just, you know, go crazy. (laughs) You know, you have that sort of mental breakdown and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, I think, I think you, we get as business owners, we, it's the business Everybody says, you know, the business is your baby. And, it, you know, when you think about take, trying to take care of your kid, you know, you got to feed your kid every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of think of my business that same way. Like if I'm not, if I'm not doing something for my business every day, you know, I can't, can't take that time off. But in reality, you can like this year, like you were saying, uh, this year, I, we took a week long family vacation um, in the summer. And uh, it worked out great. Mm-hmm. Most of my customers, actually, when I sent out the the email of when I was going to take my vacation, they said, good for you. You know, I think you should take a vacation. So, I mean, it, it, it goes back to if you treat your cust- clients well, um, they want the best for you. Yeah. Even though they're paying you money, they, they want the best for you. So, um, it, it it all i think everything stems back to if if you take care of your clients they'll take care of you 
Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, you know, you kind of uh, get in uh, your own uh, head about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it actually reminds me of uh, actually, I got a, um, a funny um, podcast review this week from somebody that kind of mentioned that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just read a little section of it. They say, um, uh, from information on the latest equipment interviews with industry leaders, techniques and tips to be more efficient in the field and in the office, and even how a solo operator can get away for a Disney vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny that people pick up just little things that you talk about, uh, like we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Um, on, uh, you know, how it's not, um, you know, the end of the world to uh, an end of your business to go and uh, do something like that. So I got a chuckle when I read that uh, review last night uh, that came in. Um, so what is your uh, favorite thing about being self-employed? Uh, definitely the freedom. Okay. Um, definitely the freedom. Like uh, this year, our season, we got snow uh, the first weekend in November and so we had like four inches of snow on the ground. Um, and I had been planning to re-roof my house that, that weekend okay. anyway. And uh, it just so happened to work out that it snowed so I couldn't do any work other than I could roof my house. Um, and then uh, the, the freedom to do what you want. Like I'm still doing fall cleanups, but I took today off to be able to do this. Yeah. And um you can you can basically as long as you can communicate it to your clients if they're expecting you um and and you can do it uh without too much hassle or whatever you can do basically whatever you want um mm-hmm. whether you want to start later in the day um you know you may have had like when i had um our our second child um was born 6 weeks early and so he had a lot more need and care that had to be done when we brought him home. And uh, so if I had a a late night, you know, then mm-hmm. I would just, I wouldn't start work until maybe 11 that day. Okay. And things would get pushed back, but I'd still get it all done. And uh, that's the freedom that you have as, as the business owner, as a solo operator is you can, kind of change your daily schedule and even sometimes your weekly schedule to be able to accommodate things um, that you want to do kind of like the, the GIE expo. Yes. Um, you know, I move when I, when it's time for GIE, I move uh, mo- like I split the week in half. So I move some clients up two days and then I move other clients back two days. Okay. And that makes room for GIE right in the middle of that. So it's yeah, yeah. a very long three weeks there mm-hmm. of work and then GIE and then more work. But I get to go to the GIE. It's yeah, so yeah. worth it because you get yeah. that time off. And uh, so that freedom is just, to me, that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Because when very, I was working... Very- when I was working for in retail or for the hospital, you know, there you have to get uh, time off approved and mm-hmm. you have to, you can only be, you know, the maximum late time that you can be in the morning is five minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just, 
you know, I, I'd much rather work for myself and yeah, yeah, and not have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, so, so many uh, other stresses that yes. uh, yeah, you're always worried about and things like that. Uh, they're just yeah. unnecessary. Um, so, uh, in what ways do you market your business, and maybe share your number one marketing tip? Well, I have several. Um, okay. So, I have a website. Yeah. My website is the biggest marketing tool for me. Yeah. Um, I built it myself through Wix, mm-hmm. uh, Wix.com. And it took me to get it to to write in the sweet spot where I wanted it. It took me maybe two years mm-hmm. uh, to really get it honed into where I wanted it. Um, and uh, it, it does pretty well for me now. Mm -hmm. Uh, then I also use, I mean, Craigslist is dying, especially for small business ads, but, Mm -hmm. um, I do advertise certain times of the year on Craigslist. Okay. Um, I don't see a whole lot from that anymore. And even if I do see it, uh, I put a link to my website in the Craigslist ad. So typically everything filters through the website anyway. Okay. Um, and then I also use Facebook and uh, Facebook. I use it a little differently than what you might think. I don't do ads on Facebook. Okay. Um, I've tried them. I've spent some money on them. I didn't get anything for, for that. No mm-hmm. return on investment for that. So what I typically do is I go into the buy, sell trade groups for my area. Yeah. And in there, uh, they have like a discussion section rather than sales section. And so I'll post in there. Some of the groups don't want you posting in there and they, uh, they'll remove your ad Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so what I've started to do is, uh, go into like just the community page itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, see like here, I actually live in a town called Potterville. So we have several community pages in Potterville and there's one that uh, will let me post my business things in there. And so, uh, in fact, I did one this morning, uh, for snow removal, Mm -hmm. just saying, if you would like, you know, snow removal services, you know, contact me or whatever. Mm. Um, in fact, my earlier this year, uh, I wasn't sure if they would allow me to post anything for snow removal. Uh, And Facebook has been my number one for snow removal because a lot of times people are cut off guard by it. And so we had snow coming in. And so what I did for my, my ad, I didn't put a link to my website or anything like that. What I did is I said, I worded the post something like this. I said, I'm not saying that I do snow removal, but if I did, would you be interested in snow removal? (laughs) And I'm not saying that I'm reliable, but if I did snow removal, I would be reliable. (laughs) And I mean, I got, I got flooded with people wanting uh, estimates Mm -hmm. from that. Um, And I I think it just caught people's attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I'll probably end up doing it again later this yeah. year when snow's getting closer again. But uh, that one worked fabulously. Oh, so, yeah, 
that's like, that's kind of uh, how just, I do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, being uh, the copywriter for some thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It just kind of uh, makes it stand out from uh, you know every other normal one that people kind of just ignore. Uh, and yeah, uh, and go on, so. and because I didn't have like my my website with it, um, and I didn't post a picture with it either, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, because of that stuff, I think on I posted it in two different pages, and I think the admins didn't really notice it, mm. and so it it's was able to. Yes, mm. and that's kind of why I did it that way anyway. Yeah, yeah. but brilliant. That's uh, absolutely brilliant. That's uh, guerrilla marketing at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, in your uh, business, uh, do you use any software to manage um, maybe your scheduling and routes or um, uh, accounts and stuff like that? Yeah, um, for software for um, for scheduling and routes, I use Yardbook. Okay, um, and I love Yardbook for that. Mm-hmm. However. Um, when I first started using Yardbook, I did not care for the way they set up their uh, back office stuff, like okay. the accounting part of it. Okay. Um, and so I don't use that part of it. I just use um, Yardbook for, I mean, I love the way they do their invoices. So I use yep. that um, and I use their scheduling and their routing software. Um, and then for all of my accounting, I actually use another website um, called waveapps.com okay. and uh, you can do uh, invoicing through that as well. And you can take credit cards through that. I don't do that through mm-hmm. them. I do it through Yardbook. Um, it was just an easier setup, but uh, it's very simple to use for accounting. Um, and so I, I like the wave apps uh, website for that. So I use the two different ones and I'm sure I could save some time if I went with just Yardbook, but I just don't, they don't have as many reports as yes. the Wave Apps does. And so I prefer to have that. It makes tax time way easier for me, at least from what I've found. So yeah, yeah. Um, those are the two, the two that I use okay. and uh, it seems to work well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I found that um, when I was looking at uh, Yardbook, was the same thing. Um, really liked it, especially for a free option was good. Um, but uh, the reports were just killing me. It was like, mm-hmm. you guys don't have enough here. And I emailed them and stuff and saying, can you add like this report and this report? Like it would be like an all-in-one solution like that. And they just, yep. I don't know, refused for some reason to yeah. add a couple of simple reports that were just, you know, um, thing. So it was just, well, I guess I'm going to have to find an alternative to this because, you know, um, yep. uh, yeah, just it was lacking and, and I don't like having multiple different softwares, like having mm-hmm. it uh, sort of all in one. <clears throat> um, so um, one of the most common questions that I get in my business um, <clears throat> is uh, what do I do in the winter? So uh, you being in Michigan, you obviously have a winter. Um uh, and an off season from lawn care. So, uh, what do you do in the winter? Well, I do plow snow. Okay. Um, last year I bought an eight foot snow X or snow EX plow. Um, and I have a, uh, 
I just hook it up to my 1500 uh, or Ram 1500 mm-hmm. and it does well. Uh, no problem pushing snow at all. Um, and uh, so I do that. And then also in the winter, I can focus a little bit more on hobbies. Um, I like to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the wintertime, I spend a lot of time reading mm-hmm. and uh, and just educating myself more on business and yeah. uh, things like that. Uh, so in the summertime, I listen to audiobooks. In the wintertime, I read the books. <laughs> okay, nice. So, uh, yeah, I remember watching uh, one of your videos on YouTube and seeing your stack of books in, in your living room floor. Yeah. That <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, I actually uh, went out and bought uh, another one today. So <laughs> nice. Uh, I, 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 I'll shop on Amazon, but I personally like to go to the store, feel the book, you know, yeah, look, yeah. be able to look at it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so I do that. I also play guitar. Nice. Um, so I play a little bit of guitar in the winter time just to stay up on it. But uh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then obviously spending as much time with the boys as I can while uh, while we're here at home. And uh, another really cool aspect about a winter for me is that I get to spend time with extended family too. That it didn't okay. get get to used to do uh, in in the medical field or in retail. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I would have to work instead of being able to go to family functions. So, okay, yeah, that's very nice. That's been a bright side for the last uh, three or four years now that I've been full time is being able to go to holiday events. Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, things I can relate uh, with that as well, especially the uh, the guitar portion. Uh, I too play guitar as well. I haven't picked it up though, uh, probably for a little while now. Actually, before doing this um, podcast and um, doing um, you know YouTube and all that sort of, that was one of my hobbies. I transitioned from playing guitar and started getting into making guitars in the wintertime in my off season. Oh, wow, nice! And doing electric guitars and basses and stuff in my garage and i did that uh, for a few winters and uh, it was a lot of a lot of fun uh, but then started getting into this stuff and this took uh, so much more time uh, that yep. uh, i stopped doing uh, the guitar part of it um, but yeah the fun little hobbies did you um, uh, did you use a kit like did you buy a kit online or anything to make the guitar or did you make them from scratch no uh everything from scratch from raw uh, oh, nice. lumber yeah, so I would go wow. and buy exotic woods, um, and uh, bought. Uh, I was into, I've always been into tools, so it was just an excuse to buy more tools. And yeah. I would buy, you know, planers and um, oscillating spindle sanders and all these things that you would need, and uh, just would start to do that. Even the um, uh, the frets, I would buy uh, the the raw frets and cut them myself and put them in wow. myself. Uh, the uh, fret boards I would make from raw uh, rosewood and cut them down and uh, sand the uh, um, uh, the radius on them uh, and uh, even the um, what are they called the truss rods mm-hmm. uh, I would m- weld them from scratch so getting oh, wow. rod myself and uh, putting them together and uh, threading them and welding it all up and and doing that just complete from scratch from zero the only thing obviously I wouldn't nice. make is the electronics yep. um, would order all that stuff and uh, you know, the hardware pieces and stuff. 
but uh yeah it was a, a fun uh <clears throat> fun hobby to get into and it's funny i was i just happened to be um at a tool store uh, buying a tool and i was at the cashier ready to pay and they had one of those little um rotating little stands with like books and stuff um you know add-on items and the book uh sitting there just staring me down was uh, how to build your own electric guitar and bass and i just picked it up to you know flip through it and it was this beautiful book like full color pictures step by step and i was just sitting there waiting for my you know time uh, turn in line and i was like i could do this like you know and and being already you know someone who had taken guitar lessons and played guitar i was like I could do this, right? So, uh, yeah, I just bought the book and <laughs> nice. the rest uh, started making them. Awesome. Do you have a name for, for your brand of guitar? <clears throat> it was just my last name at the time. It was yeah. just uh, Tomei hand, uh, Custom Handcrafted nice. Guitars uh, was what it was. And the logo was just my signature sure. uh, on the headstock. Um, so, let me see here. Uh, so... Uh, Got off track there. Uh, so what are your uh, future plans or goals for your business? Um, well, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, yeah, employees, I'd love, yeah. To, I'd love to get the business to where um, it can kind of, I mean, your business will never run itself completely. Um, it's always going to need uh, you as the the leader to, to oversee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to get it to a place where it can operate without me for, you know, a week or two at a time Mm -hmm. um, to where I can go and do um, like a two week vacation or whatever with the family and work still continues while I'm gone rather than uh, work stopping like it does right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be, that would definitely be uh, something that I'm, I'm looking at. So, okay. So um, this next question is probably one that um, I guess also would kind of give people pause for thought to think about a situation, Um, but uh, maybe share if you uh, have uh, maybe the weirdest thing that you've ever seen or has happened to you uh, during business. All right. Well, this one's going to shock some people Um, because I listened to one of your interviews uh, when was it yesterday? I think because okay. I was out doing a cleanup and you asked this question. And, uh, so I got to thinking about it. Um, all right. So in my old neighborhood, we had this, mm-hmm. we had a, an older gentleman neighbor and, uh, I, I believe he was, uh, becoming senile, I think, okay. cause he was in his nineties and I took care of his lawn for a couple of years before he passed away. And, um, uh, well, I'll keep it PG here. Yep. Kind of. Um, he uh, offered sexual favors to me, and uh, <laughs> and that was the absolute weirdest thing I have ever had happen, and uh, <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I I can't say I've ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife and I still laugh about it to this day. Yeah, yeah, that would be hilarious. Uh, but very, <laughs> like you said, like very uncomfortable. So did you yeah. continue working with the 
the client after that? You just kind of brush it aside and just, I did. I just, because I figured, you know, he's probably, you know, starting to, to lose his mind a little bit. And, and I just kind of brushed it off and tried to not, uh, you know, not, not uh, dwell on that too much. Uh, he was the type of person that always wanted to pay in cash though. So you always had to go inside the house cause he wasn't very mobile oh. <laughs> and, uh, and he'd want to talk for like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a few times where it came up and it was, uh, it was uncomfortable, but I, you know, I expressed to him on no, on, on no certain terms that I, uh, I like the, the the females and not yeah. the males. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Doesn't it always feel you've mentioned something there? And even on a, uh, you know, when you're not in that situation, I still find it. I like. I don't like going into people's houses. Yes. They they ask you. Oh, just come in. I'm gonna write. You know, whatever it was. Like back in the day when I would not do credit cards, it was like writing a check, and they'd want mm-hmm. come in and you know get out of the cold. So I'm like, no, no, no. I just be like, no, I'm filthy. My shoes are all yeah. dirty and stuff. It's like, always oh, my. I don't have excuse. to worry about your shoes. Oh no, no, no. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm fine out here. I'll just. <laughs> it was like I don't want to come in your house and see. And you know, and the next thing you know, you know they, um, you know, who knows like get broken into or something like that. And they go, Oh, you know, he was in our house and saw what we had. And so I was like, I don't want nothing to do with the inside. Yep. <laughs> I yep. want nothing to do with the inside of your house. Uh, so yeah. It's, yeah. And, and also it's like, well, nobody knows that I'm, you know, coming into your house. Yeah. What if you turn out to be some psycho or, <laughs> or something? Right. It's like, yeah, this is how some yep. movies start. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so if, uh, on your, uh, your lawn care business journey, if you were to do this, uh, all over again, what is the first thing uh, that you would do maybe differently? Uh, I would, I would get a little bit more educated on, on not necessarily how to mow a lawn. Mowing the lawn is usually pretty straightforward. Okay. It's, uh, it's more on the business end, uh, and with marketing and, and things like that, I would want to educate myself just a little bit more to know uh, some of the pitfalls to avoid, to be able to grow a little faster. Okay. Um, you know, YouTube is an awesome thing and there's so mm-hmm. much more information out there now than there was when I started. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely want to know a little bit more about the business side of things, especially uh, come tax time and things like that. Yes. I would know, want to know a little bit more, but uh, overall um, because of YouTube, I think I have been able to avoid a lot of the, the pitfalls of starting your business. And, and uh, so it's, it's been relatively smooth for me. Okay. Um, what is, um, Maybe what is your biggest frustration that you have around uh, providing lawn care as a service to uh, the public? For me, I I think if anybody listens to my podcast, uh, you know, dog waste is the thing that they'll say is probably my biggest frustration, which it absolutely is, is just that. Like I can't, um, I, I got a funny um, email message from uh, Paul Camara that I interviewed last year. 
And uh, he, he emailed me last week and he says, I was just listening to your, he says, I got to thank you, buddy. You just made my day. I've never laughed so hard. I was listening to your episode on dog waste and charging people like per the pile. And he, <laughs> and he says, and he says, just the sheer disgust I could hear in your voice. <laughs> he says, I never laughed so hard. <laughs> he says, we've all been there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember listening to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me a few ideas too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Uh, dog waste is a problem, yeah. uh, but it's not one of my, I mean, it's, it's a frustration, but I think it's a frustration for everybody in this industry. Yeah. I've actually contemplated starting a dog waste removal company just okay. because of that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gone there yet. I'm sure there's more regulations with that, you know, being that it's waste and things like that. So I haven't looked into it too much. I've just, you know, tossed it around in my mind. Uh, a lot of times when I roll over a nice big fresh pile that yeah. flies into my mind. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my biggest frustration, I think, is the, the, um, the low cost uh, or the... Uh, not low cost, the, the, the low price, I think of lawn care, um, compared with other industries. Okay. So uh, low a, barrier to entry. No, no, not that. Um, okay. like the, I, I don't like to use the word low ball. Um, okay. but it, it's kind of the low ball price. It's like, um, you know, you, if you call a plumber, to come fix something, um, the minimum price per hour is like 200 bucks mm-hmm. um, for a plumber to come in and, and do anything just to show up. Yes. You know, and uh, for lawn care, I realize it's not as skilled, but, um, you know, there's guy, there are guys out there that are doing it, you know, a yard for $25 It should be $45. Yeah. And, uh, so just the, I think maybe it's the unregulated price of lawn care, or I don't even want to use the word regulated, but um, the inconsistency of pricing mm-hmm. for lawn care. I know everybody's numbers are different and, you know, maybe somebody can get away with doing that $45 lawn for $25, yeah. but that's a, in my area, that's a pretty big frustration for mm-hmm. me. Um, and same thing with snow removal. Um, you know, being, being insured and, uh, offering that reliability, um, that's expensive. It's, it takes a lot of, a lot of my time to make that route. And it's a big commitment for me as the business owner to, to continue to keep that, that consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, when, especially with snow removal right now, it's fresh in my mind. Um, my minimum rate is $30 okay. for, for a driveway and sidewalks. Mm. Uh, and a lot of guys are out there doing driveway and sidewalks for 10 to 15 bucks. Mm. And um, they're That's not, even they're worth not insured. <laughs> no, they're not insured. And um, in fact, one of my customers who doesn't use me for snow removal uh, he told me this year that he, he'll keep me in mind because the guy he uses right now isn't very reliable. Mm. And a few years ago, he said that this guy 
peeled his garage door open like a can mm. with his plow. And um, he said, this guy wasn't even going to tell me that he did it. Mm. And he certainly didn't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, so why do you continue to use this guy? Yeah, yeah. He's not insured. You know, he's not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he's obviously not honest if he wasn't even going to tell you that he did it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's just, there, there's a big frustration with, with pricing, especially in my area We're we're in a lower income market, I would say. Um, in my area, there's a lot of um, lower middle class um, families here, and so uh, it uh, it make it it sometimes makes guys drive down the price, okay. and uh, and so it, it it can be frustrating until those companies go out of business, and then you know uh, these clients do come to to people like myself who you know, are charging the the proper rate. So um, that's, that's probably my biggest frustration right now um, is, is the, the low, the low cost, I guess. That's the only way I know how to say it. Okay. Of lawn care. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, So what is uh, one of the resources you would say that you use most often for growing your lawn care business? For example, um, is it uh, like websites like YouTube? Uh, Is it a mentor in person that maybe you sit down with? Um, You know, that sort of thing. So what what resources or resource would you say you use most often? Uh, Definitely YouTube. Um, I'm a big YouTube guy. I have Mm -hmm. my YouTube channel. It's a small YouTube channel, but I'm a big YouTube guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, that's how I started my business. That's how I learned everything essentially. Um, you know, starting out with geek to freak and, and the lawn care millionaire seemed to be the only two guys that were really doing anything. Yeah. Back then. And, uh, so, you know, I had geek to freak to show me how, and lawn care millionaire to to talk me through some of the pitfalls of the business side, and uh, so it was it was you know it was a starting point uh, from there, um, and up till today, I've done I've read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, Audible is a huge resource that I utilize for business for the business side of things, uh, and for the personal side of things as well. But um, uh, definitely using educational resources. Another one okay. that I want to mention, I know you've had him on the podcast, I believe, uh, would be Mike Bedell yeah. um, in his debt-free landscaper uh, website. Uh, the the free contracts and things that he has there have been super helpful for me, especially for snow removal. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a lifesaver for me. Oh, awesome. So, um and and Mike's a friend, and so I can, you know, shoot him a text message and um, with anything because he's been in the business for gosh, I don't know, twelve, yeah, yeah, eighteen years, something yeah. like that. So he's a great resource to have. Um, but by far, YouTube and Audible have been my two biggest resources for for growing my business. Okay. Um. So what is one thing um, that you think people don't realize about uh, starting or running a lawn care business? 
um, that it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work um, and it's not easy. Um, you know, I hear some, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's just cutting grass. Anybody yeah. can do it. Yeah, yeah. And well, yes, anybody can cut grass, but not anybody can cut it and make it look good. Mm. And, um, and then when you go to the business side of it, um, there's a lot of pitfalls in the, the lawn care landscaping industry that you have to watch out for. Um, I'm sure there's more in the landscaping side with contracts and things like that than there is in lawn care, but still there's a lot of different things that, um, that you have to watch out for, mm-hmm. such as pricing. Um, if you want to stay in business, um, it's, it, and it's, there's no, in lawn care, there's no set rule or anything about pricing, which makes it difficult when you're starting because mm-hmm. you don't know what to charge. Um, you know, when I started, I chart my base price was $25. Um, that's gone up to 30 for like the small, like if they want me to mow one strip of grass, it's going to be $30. You know, yeah. I'm not coming out for anything less than that. Yeah. So, um, that there's pitfalls in pricing mm-hmm. and, uh, and definitely, uh, you've got to know your worth in it as well. So, um, yeah, those, those are some of the things that I would think of. Okay. Awesome. You actually uh, answered two questions there at (laughs) the same time. My next question was what was literally my next question was what is one hidden pitfall that (laughs) people don't, uh, uh, you know, uh, that prevent people from succeeding. Uh, So you uh, absolutely answered that. So uh, the next question is one of my absolute uh, favorites. And that is, you know, share your best piece of advice with people thinking about starting a lawn care business. Now, I want you to um, come at this from, you know, this is somebody that you know, so you only want the best for them. You want to see them succeed. Uh, so what would you say uh, if somebody came up to you, uh, you know, and said, hey, Aaron, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. You know, what can you tell me? Um, I would say the, the best piece of advice that I would have for them is start small. Okay. Start with, um, start with what you've got or close to what you've got. Um, you know, I think it's always best for, for anyone in any business to start in the trenches, um, to start out as a grunt, you know, Mm -hmm. with a push mower, weed eater and a blower and see that way you get all sides of, of this industry. Um, and when you do that, you also appreciate more the, when you build up to, you know, the larger equipment that makes life so much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, start small and grow, grow relatively slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, because, Growth, especially in lawn care, can be a killer yeah, yeah. Um, because you could have a really great summer where the lawns are just growing all the time um, and um, it could be great. But if you take on too much, you're going to start letting customers down. It goes back to that reliability thing 
and uh, and you could really lose your shirt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you start getting a bad reputation. Yeah. So when you start slow and you grow slowly, um, you can really take your time and learn how much you can take on and really build that confidence with your with your clients mm-hmm. and build a very strong business that way. Yeah. And when you take it slow, you also have time to learn the ins and outs of the business end of the business. And uh, there, you're always going to make mistakes, Yeah, but you will have time to recover from them when you stay small or grow slowly and, uh, and build up. And once you get, once you start growing, there's, you know, if you're just a solo guy, growing slowly is the, I would say that'd be the preferred way. Uh-huh. Um, once you, once you get into a little bit larger equipment, then you can start taking on clients a little faster, grow a little faster. Um, and because you've kind of come through some of those, those pitfalls when you were smaller and as you grow those, those things that are going to happen as your company grows, those things grow as well. Yeah. Um, so um, if you grow slowly, you'll you'll be able to handle those those pitfalls easier than if you were growing just by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, there's a company in my area that actually took on my wife's where my wife works. She works at a credit union, mm-hmm. and uh, they were they weren't a small super small company, but they they got they put in a bid for their their lawn and snow contract and uh, uh this credit union has a bunch of branches and two home offices and uh so this company put in the bid and they got it and they were scrambling mm. they had to go out and buy like a million and a half dollars worth of new equipment because mm. they didn't have the equipment to service everything and it was i mean i think they're doing okay now they had they had their ducks in a row, I think, but, uh, boy, for me, that would have been scary. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been too much growth too fast. But, uh, but yeah, is if you grow slow, you build, in my view, you can build a very strong client base Mm -hmm. and, uh, and build a strong company that way. Yeah, awesome. Great advice. Um, especially, you know, as you said, uh, starting out with, uh, you know, a smaller push mower and things like that. Not only is it a lower investment to start out, mm-hmm. um, but, um, you know, you can probably, uh, you know, even get into it with, a, you know, actual commercial equipment um, because of that lower cost of entry there. Um, but it'll also put you into profitability a lot quicker um, than dumping a whole bunch of cash or going into debt. Uh, with big uh, expensive mowers to start out and um, you know I've told the story before about a a podcast listener um, who was an engineer was listening to the podcast wanted to get into lawn care um, really um, you know enjoyed the podcast was getting a lot of value from it um, built a website uh, on his own from some of my tutorials and stuff like that Uh, got it to the point where he was um you know, built up a whole bunch of clients, had bought a trailer, had all this stuff, and then realized after his first spring that he actually didn't like doing lawn care. 
that it was, you know, it was just uh, <clears throat> this sort of fantasy in his head because he was maybe unhappy with his other job, but doing mm -hmm. when he actually got into actually running his lawn care business, it made him appreciate his engineering job and, you know, it sort of reignited his passion for that. And luckily he hadn't quit uh, his uh, engineering job and was doing the lawn care uh, in the evenings and on the side. But he was like, man, I have so much respect for contractors and what they have to do. Uh, he says, uh, you know, it was great. And everything that you've talked about on your podcast has been tremendous, but it's just not for me anymore. Right. Once I did. So and not having that debt of having all this equipment and all this stuff that you're stuck paying for that maybe you can't sell that people don't want um, is, um, you know, a great uh, piece of advice there. So uh, last question. Um, so if people want to follow you online, how can they find you? Um, you can find me on YouTube at Lansing Lawn Service um, or small channel. Just, uh, I'm over 1600 subs now, which is pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're still small growing slowly. So it's, mm -hmm. it's good. Um, you can find me on Instagram also at Lansing Lawn Service. And then you can find me on Facebook at Aaron Sutter. Uh, that's where I, I do have a business page, but it's okay. for the business. Yeah. I'm more social on my personal Facebook page. So just Aaron Sutter. Awesome. So uh, I want to thank yeah. you uh, actually uh, for not only coming on to the podcast uh, today, taking the time out uh, to do this interview, but also for um, giving me a ride at GIE. I just wanted to mention that as well. <laughs> uh, on 4th Street, um, I had uh, planned to uh, go with uh, JC, the lawn care guy. He had driven me out there, but then he had to uh, leave early. Uh, so I was uh, kind of stranded and you know I was going to call an Uber and stuff, but uh, uh, you uh, gave me a ride uh, back to uh, the hotel. So uh, thank you very much for that uh, as well. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. And uh, you, you made it a good experience with taking you back to the hotel because uh, the year before I took an Australian to the GIE. And uh, the year before that, uh, I took some guy from down south, I don't know, to the GIE as well. So just out of the blue, you know, hey, I need a ride. And mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, it's no problem. Now, <laughs> now, don't everybody ask me for a ride because yeah. I only have so much room. There you go. I'm, I'm happy to do it. There you go. <laughs> so thanks again for coming on the show. All right. Thank you. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that value-packed interview episode with Aaron Sutter from Lansing Lawn Service, LLC. I want to thank Aaron uh, once again for uh, taking time out of his day to share his lawn care business journey with all of you in Lawn Care Nation. Uh, it was a good time overall. In fact, after we hit stop on the recording, we uh, continued to chat for uh, probably over another hour. Uh, so uh, I really enjoyed uh, chatting uh, with Aaron. I'm going to leave uh, links in the podcast show notes to Lansing Lawn Services uh, YouTube channel. I'd implore you guys to all head on over there and uh, hit that subscribe button. I'll also leave a link to Lansing Lawn Services uh, Instagram uh, page and, uh, you know, uh, implore you guys as well to uh, head on over there to Instagram and uh, hit uh, that follow button. 
Uh, so uh, thanks again to Aaron and thanks uh, to all of you in Long Care Nation for uh, listening to another episode of the podcast. So uh, that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.